1: Had to get my lighting bright, left. I was up in here looking real right. darkish. <laughs> Man, Monday was know. a hectic day for both of us, Left. I took one for the team, bro. I gave one hour, I gave the best hour I could. It dude, you know what's crazy? Right. Have you ever taken medicine and got worse? See, this is why I don't take medicine. I don't subscribe to taking medicine. Usually I just tough it out. Best yeah, it's, it's
2: one of those things where the medicine just makes you comfortable, but it prolongs the sickness. It don't really knock the sickness off. I think, you know, the hospital just is looking to tax you for things that you can do at home,
1: you know. Dude, the, the hospital is the worst menu, the worst <laughs> a la carte menu of all time. Of all time. Of all time, bro.
2: <laughs> I feel like sometimes they be in there just saying, let's try this on them. Let's try this on them. Let's see what this one does. Because <laughs> like, it's like, you know, I think once you've been doing it for so long, you just kind of just look at it as an opportunity to experiment. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, you got people in there of all type of conditions. you It's just, <laughs> As a, as a, person that been to school for eight years straight, all them clinical hours, late nights, stress, trying to pass this test. He's like, man, listen, I'm here now. I'm going to just try. you <laughs>
1: <laughs> Well, yo, I took something because I knew I had back-to-back shows. I had our show, then I had the recruiting show, and I'm like, yo, if I'm going to make it through this, I might have to take something. Yeah. And, man, I got halfway through the the Lucky Lefty podcast on yesterday, and I was like, oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I was like somebody coming around the corner with the baton and a relay race. It's like it was no one to pass it off to. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, yo, this ain't good. Like, there is no left in sight. I'm gonna have to talk this out
2: to the finish line. <laughs> it was rough. It was definitely a rough one for sure.
1: Man. But, yo, yo, then we tried to do something last night. The schedule just didn't work. Mm-hmm. So we're back here today. We, That's we, we why started they, some, Go ahead. Tough.
2: That's why they say Mondays are tough days, man. Tough days of the week.
1: So we started something, Left. We've done a lot of interviews that were not released on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Mm. And so we started a best of each and every Sunday we're going to release the best of Lucky Lefty over Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That's every Sunday. It's going to drop every Sunday morning at 9 o'clock. This week, our best of was our interview with Brandon Winbush. It was a pretty good interview. We talked about a lot of things, his journey to Notre Dame. He talked about his recruiting trip. And you were the person that came to meet him and his mom on his visit. So that was a great conversation. Talked about the Miami game and some other things he's doing with mobile, the company he works with in the NIL landscape. So as always, go check out Lucky Lucky Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify daily, Monday through Friday, and then on Sundays, we will be dropping the best of Lucky Lefty, not just interviews, but some of our best conversations, most controversial conversations over the last year. We'll be dropping that each and every Sunday at 9 a.m. Only on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. CFB Nation and with Irish Breakdown. All of our great content. Leave five stars. Leave your comments. We appreciate your comments.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com/bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's u n slash y dhealing.com/bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website
1: yesterday i want to jump on a little bit later but you already know home of the misguided passion it's the lucky lefty podcast we spin it different Different. yeah dude athletic did a a, did an article that we're going to get to ari wasserman who we had on the show previously best and worst campus locations in college football this is gonna be interesting i can't wait to talk to you about this one but before we do that yesterday we had the opportunity to kind of tease because I didn't go into it because I didn't have you on left. We kind of teased the offensive ceiling for Notre Dame, you know, because people have already anointed Sam Hartman as the Heisman uh, Award winner in 2024.
2: Hopefully. And
1: all things are possible, right? All things just are possible. About, just about. And so i i i thought i did a pretty good job you know people take things personal right <laughs> they take things personal and um do you know what what happens when you put something under a microscope left why why would you put something under the
2: microscope a lot of things get put under the microscope when you're trying to really evaluate the value that is bringing. so if you want to get to the bottom of something, you want to see how things work, you put it under the microscope. If you have a a, a weak chain in the link, you look at the weak chain under the microscope to fix it because you usually want to fix something.
1: It's a pretty good, that's a pretty good definition, Left. I like that. It's pretty good definition. So by definition, has the offensive line in Notre Dame shown its
2: value? 100%. 100%. 100%. Has
1: the, the running back room shown its value? 100%, 100%. 100%. The addition of Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner's improvement that we saw in the Gator Bowl, have we seen value
2: in the quarterback room? It's definitely way more improved than last year. From okay. Standpoint. What? What's the
1: value you've seen from the wide receivers?
2: Mm.
1: A lot to be desired.
2: Okay. A lot left to be desired.
1: Okay. So people, you know, they must be the agents for Chancey Stuckey or something. Mm. It's like they they take it as an offense when we say, look, the wide receivers and Chancey Stuckey are under the microscope. There are no excuses. Can't blame the quarterbacks anymore because according to Irish fans, we have a Heisman Award winner at quarterback. Mm. hopefully so what's the problem we should have somebody that gets 80 receptions 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns right that's what i'm thinking right so someone rebutted that and they said the only person on the offensive side of the ball that's under the microscope is the offensive coordinator based upon what we hear they're running the same offense. So what's under the microscope?
2: I think in the bigger perspective, sure, Gerard Parker is the person we had to put under the fire for being responsible. We could easily point to him first year doing it, whatever. But like you said, running the same offense, there's, you know, that means Deion Cosley's under <laughs> That means JT's under the microscope. That means uh, Eli Holston's under my. Everybody that played last year is under the microscope on offense. Because you're running the same stuff. So there's no, it goes back to having no excuses, right? You have no excuses, that means that accountability can only make you better. And I think that's what really limited us thinking about last year is that accountability was only went so far and it was backhanded accountability. So it was like, after we jump on, you don't be like, yeah, I take all responsibility." No, if you take an accountability, get ahead of it. That way you can ease the tensions mm-hmm. that arise from it. So it really takes uh, a group effort, but a strong individual to lead the charge of taking accountability. And I think Marcus Freeman, uh, sets the example for that when he wants to and even when he doesn't want to <laughs> he's he's taking bullets from everywhere
1: <laughs> yeah so um it's just it's interesting you know when you try to be objective right and we're talking about the offensive ceiling well the biggest key to that is the emergence of the wide receiver room in my opinion Like, if Notre Dame is going to take that next step, there has to be some explosive plays. There has to be some plays that run out the catch. There has to be some 50-50 balls going up, snatching it. There has to be an immediate presence in the red zone, right? Because you get into the red zone, most teams are going to put nine in the box to stop the run because that's what they anticipate. You got one-on-one on on the outside. Make some plays. Make Make some plays, man. And that's what it comes down to. So in my opinion, the biggest question mark for the offensive ceiling at Notre Dame reaching its full potential or Notre Dame reaching its full potential as an offense, I don't want to put most of the weight. Well, I'll I'll go ahead and put most of the weight on the wide receivers to take a step forward or at least one to come out of the room to say, I'm going to be that dude. Now, who that might be, who knows, right? We can say, go ahead, left. I'm sorry.
2: No, it definitely uh, would make the biggest difference from night and day. I think the impact of a one receiver. I mean, to have a single receiver outpacing, out outgain our entire room in Charlie Jones, I think it would be a huge night and day difference to see just one receiver pop a mm-hmm. uh, receiver room that's so talented so uh Chancey Stucky you know has a lot of work cut out for him especially if he's collaborating with Gerard Parker on who's who's going to be the guy that you can lean on the most i think a lot of the guys in the receiver room have been great as role players great as guys that okay you know we have ran the ball 50 times in a row now we got a pass and the guy gets activated but you know, we need to turn into an outside threat. And I think it, it it's a level above just being productive, which, you know, I see us at non-productive and then productive and then making an impact. We need to skip being productive and be straight to making an impact because the talent and the strength of the offense can be in that receiver room. So Channing C. Stuckey has to do a great job of, of finding that guy that's going to be the, the bona fide, Oh, go-to single receiver side guy that and, and went in down on first, second down. We got to throw on first, second down, which wasn't really successful for us last year. That first, second down commitment to the pass, I think, or first down specifically, I really think that can open up a lot and throw teams off. Just imagine we go out there and throw it on the first play of the game to a receiver that's going to make an impact, that's going to throw a whole team's game plan off. They're like, "Wait a minute, we expecting two tight ends with a fullback and a, and a quarterback running downhill? Now you got guys running down the field and, and and catching the ball and all type of stuff." I think Ohio State was shocked to see us throw a RPO to Lorenzo on the first play. That's why we gave it up so fast. <laughs> so we can keep it more explosion plays like that as a as an opener don't surprise people with the pass surprise people that we passing too much that's
1: that's interesting that you say that because most people would say that the offensive ceiling for Notre Dame from a points per game standpoint is somewhere around 38 to 40 points per game right that's, that's great that's what five to six possessions that's scoring on five to six possessions You know, on average, you get, what, 10 possessions a game? Yeah. Five per half. So that's pretty efficient. That's an efficient offense. But what's more important to this offense taking the next step? Is it going to be yards per attempt? Is it going to be passing yards? Or is it going to be something like third down conversions?
2: I would like it to be um, passing yards, actually. Uh, Third down conversions, I think, if we are at a passing uh, strength or even doing well in the pass, Mm -hmm. third down runs should be great because it should be third and short. And so I wouldn't really depend on them being third down possession receivers as opposed to being first down receivers that can potentially make big plays or get the offense going in a good momentum to where we can feel more at peace on a third and short with an Aldric estimate mm-hmm. that we can get those first down to continue the drives. I think that mentality shift could be refreshing for offense that's been run on first, second and third down.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean when you think about it as well. You know, let's invert things, right, offensively. I hope Jared Parker has an inverse approach, especially in big games, right? Don't just come out and just run on first down. Don't just come out and go play action on first down. You know, have the ability to drop back on first down, whether it's with a quick screen or or take a shot down the field. Like, that's the one of the things you can have when you have confidence and when you feel like the quarterback situation has been solved. You can take a shot and risk not gaining yards on first down, right? Because if I don't – you know, I take a shot, it's incomplete. Now I back your safeties up and I come back on second down. I can go play action still or I can go ahead and run the ball for four yards. And because I'm confident in the efficient offense we have with our quarterback, I'm cool with third and six. I'm cool with third and five, you know. So I, I look for the offense. That's going to be the telltale yeah. for me. The aggressiveness of the offense early in series is going to be the telltale for me whether or not they're really going to have the opportunity to reach their offensive ceiling this year. Because I think this offense should have the opportunity with the offensive line in the running game to go ahead and take shots early on in games and early in series.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And then I think that mentality shift is right. We need to be able to think we're not going into, like Ohio State, we're not going into the game to limit C.J. Stroud's possessions. No, C.J. Stroud need to keep up with us. We would in there being like, let's hold the ball until the time runs to zero and we walk out three to zero with a victory. No, make it 45-48 like Georgia did. Georgia saw there was a challenge presented that Ohio State was going to keep scoring. So what George do? We're going to keep scoring. And I think that's the aggressive nature that we need to take on on a dominant level of this college football uh, atmosphere that we're dealing with. Because as we can tell, you know, teams are getting better through the NIL, whether we realize it or not. Tennessee became relevant in one year because of the NIL. Coastal Carolina, I mean, and not Coastal Carolina, uh, Tulane became real relevant from NIL and transfer portal. So, you know, any of these teams, kind of like college basketball, can win on any given day, considering the the reshuffling of college athletes through the transfer portal and through NIL decisions. I think it uh, Alabama has been on the right track of uh, being dominant in games they should win, but it's even more at a premium now, especially for us. If we wanna consistently be in the final couple games, we're we're dominating all levels of competition because we wanna prove that we're a top five team week in and week out, because you're gonna to have to. We don't wanna slip up to a Tennessee or a South Carolina or a Penn State or Dupe. You know, any of these teams on any given Saturday truly can win unless you're a Georgia or Alabama.
1: Absolutely. I got Roger Blackman. Thank you for tapping in today, man. He says Parker said the right things about using what you have and looking to more minds in the game planning. That collaborative effort that you were talking about that you pretty much said has to end on Thursday, because after Thursday, it's all on Jared Parker. But with that being said, is it fair to say? Yes. That- <laughs> is it fair to say that Notre Dame might not know what they have offensively? because of certain things over the last two years that weren't in place.
2: Man, maybe it's me. Maybe I just feel like I'm the best GM in the world. But if you're recruiting a player, I think you should really get an evaluation of what you have or what you're potentially getting. And I think once he gets on the team, for me, similar to how they say about coaches watching recruiting film, They're not watching the 10 minutes of you scoring touchdowns. They're probably watching the first 30 seconds or maybe, you know, first couple plays and they moving on. I feel like you can tell who a dude is in the first practice. How a guy moves, man, what a guy looks like, if he's just so much different than what you have in there, at least different in the, amongst the, uh, the athletes that you have. So, Especially for a guy that's been there and especially been in the background and supposedly been in the habit, has had a hand yeah. in what was going on last year. There is no excuse about not knowing what you have. I think if you was uh Andy Lugwig coming in, yeah, you can say that. Oh, I don't really know what I got. I'm gonna kind of test it out, kind of use my philosophy behind things. But I think this is just so much more different because the guy's been down the hallway for about two years. So in those two years, I would love to see him correct the things that are obvious, that he probably knows more <clears throat> about what to fix than we do. See, yeah. And we know what to fix. Yeah. So he should know even more. <laughs> so am I expecting a 180 sort of? I'm thinking more of like a, a 120, you know, not all the way. But, like, you know, it needs to be unrecognizably recognizable. Like, I kind of see what you're doing, but it's not last year. So, for us, I think it's very possible with the quarterback uh, athleticism and, and potential we have to look different. We're not pigeonholed, in my opinion. We're not pigeonholed to running certain things and only running a few plays because he can only throw certain things and certain distances. Yeah. It's a la carte right now. You know. It's like the hospital. It's a la carte. It's like Grace Hall. There you go. It's like <laughs> Grace Hall. See, Grace Hall, you go in there and get you a hot sub or get you a, a deli sandwich or they get you something that they made for the, the, the menu of the day. And then they got the little fry station. You get onion or regular. You see what I'm saying? It just go, mm-hmm. go in there. You Just mix it up. Yeah. So we're at a la carte cafeteria right now. I wouldn't say golden corral cuz that's that's broad and it's and it's real bland. We're more of like a nice little cafe, earth cafe. By like. the
1: way, the Lucky lefty, the the left cookbook is coming. <laughs> it's it's coming. We, <laughs> no, we literally are working on a game day cookbook for every game. That's right, coming up this it's fall. It's going to be courtesy of this dude right here. All types of dips. It's buffalo, buffalo dip. Gonna it's gonna be on buffalo there. Chicken dip is
2: gonna be on there for sure. No cootery oh. boards. I'm sorry. <laughs> cootery boards are not making it. And if it is, I'm making my own cootery board. It's gonna be modernized. You know, lucky lefty, lucky lefty, <laughs> or something. It's gonna be different.
1: <laughs> Man, but no, uh, it's gonna be very interesting, right? What's added? I'm very interested in being in the place to be on March 22nd, right? Because there are certain things that I should be able to see off the bat. I should be able to see somebody stand out in that wide receiver. Somebody should be moving, should be moving differently. Yes. like, oh, okay, he's moving different. Yeah, he OK.
2: And we heard rumblings. Yes. We heard rumblings throughout the season. Yes. A lot of a lot of wonder involved and wondering why they're not out there with all these rumblings. Because they could have came in handy. But we we I can attribute that to our limitation in distance that we could throw the football. So now I believe Sam Hartman maybe not be Patrick Mahomes. But Sam Hartman can push it 50 yards down the field. Tyler Buckner can push it 65 something down the field. Mm-hmm. Maybe not like... I'm, I think I'm the only one that's actually showed in-game throwing it that far down the field. I think Deshaun maybe had a, a long one or two, but I'm for sure the longest in-game arm. But that's that's a whole nother topic. But I do think Tyler Buckner has a strong arm. I think Sam, and ha- Sam Hartman has a strong enough arm to mm-hmm. where we can see the athleticism of our offensive uh, talent, especially the receivers, seeing them run past guys, seeing them catch it on the move, seeing them catch it in space and turn a 5 to a 15, 15 to a 25, 25 to a touchdown. We got guys I believe that we can do that with or just make spectacular catches. We got big body receivers as well. Caleb Smith, pretty big. JT's tight end big, damn near. He loving that training table. I can tell. <laughs> you know? Lorenzo Styles can run past some guys. And then the freshman. I th- I hope and pray the freshman cause enough disruption where Chancey got to look twice, be like, maybe I'll maybe i throw Braylon out there one time. Oh you know,
1: to just the, just the point s- that he doesn't have to say a word. Yeah.
2: He I just, just want to look like I want to see the response. Are we even competitive in the in the receiver room? Like 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 if 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 if, if Jordan Greyhouse came in, Jaden Greyhouse came in right now and just started over JT. What 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 would JT do anything? You know, would he get upset? I don't know what type what type of competitive uh, competition we have in the receiver room. I don't know. I want to see those young receivers shake it up. You know, mix it up. Have somebody really demand the football. I think Chancy is a great coach to be able to, to manage the that energy if it exists in the room. Now, this is just a bunch of good guys taking a turn. You know, you go. And then, no, no, you, no, 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 not me, you go. No, I mean you go. Then we're not going to get anywhere, even if we are talented. I think it takes an attitude, maybe like a Steve Smith in the room. That would be nice. You know, if we had a Steve Smith on the team, that would be nice. I think so.
1: It add a little edge. So you want you want the, you want somebody to step up and be like the champ in Harlem Knights, like <laughs> right before he's getting ready to fight, old boy. Like, don't t- take this personally. Like every day, like yo, I'm the best. Yeah, the straight world. up. Like, I love y'all, but I'm about to put on. Them. I'm about to put
2: on. Them. Cause think about, think about, think about the secondary. We love Jaden Mickey's energy, coming in the spring.
0: Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals.
2: I think, the, and then Ben Morrison popping up out of the group out of nowhere, and that's the cool thing, right? And then, and then, and then that energy. Yeah, you love that energy. And guess what? That energy produced, and that energy produced a Cam Hart coming back. Because he said, "Whoa, whoa, I know y'all talk about the young bucks. I, 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 I was a young buck at one point, right." And I know the young Bucks is balling, of course, and come right. out of nowhere. Jay and Mickey making plays as a freshman. You got guys all over the place. Xavier Watts. But but I'm I'm here too. I'm here to prove something too. So I think the energy in the secondary, which is, you know, in my opinion, changed the the chemistry of what it was in there for so long where we felt it was we've had great guys in the room but you never felt like the room was a threat in the long term. I mean, we got Julian Love, Cole Luke, Troy Pride, Dante, Vaughn. I mean, we got guys. But the room right now feels a little dangerous. The room right now feels like, oh, man, this could lead to, lead to defense. The room right now is not only veteran, but it's young and experienced. So I think if the receiver room had a lot, what the defensive secondary room has, I think we would have something really special.
1: I'm going to say something, left, And this is to the coaching staff. This is why, you know, uh, I'm looking at the coaching staff. There's, there's a, a phrase called paralyzed potential. And you can do it either way, right? Because I've actually taught this uh, in mentor groups, I've used paralyzed potential, and then I've actually taught it in lessons in ministry and, I, and I referred to it as paralyzed faith. Mm. And what I mean is, you know, your ability to have faith or to capitalize on your potential or cause either one to be active has been inactive because you fear failure. And anytime you are a big time program. And you get big time athletes in. You have to if you if you're not playing them, that means you fear failure.
2: Exactly. Exactly. Some players
1: are going to fail. Yes. That's dude. Successful people get over themselves and get over failure. You're going to fail early. I don't care whoever. You're going to fail. So you might as well experience the failure. Get over it. Get back up, and go on to your success. Left. Let me tell you something. The shows that we put on right now, in comparison to the first week of shows we did, our first week of shows were horrible. They were terrible, left Terrible. They still might be sitting on like 300 views. That's okay. <laughs> but guess what? We yes. kept going. <laughs> we kept going. We kept building. We kept adding things. You cannot fear failure. And become successful. You cannot get the best of the best. You cannot bring in five stars and four stars and fear them failing on the football field. It's going to happen. You can't protect them from failing. No. Keeper Tobias Merriweather on the sideline last year pretty much predicted that
2: he's going to fail more than he should this year. Pretty much. That's similar to Tyler Buckner. Absolutely. I knew he was going to have some struggles. That's why we should have had the struggles out during the Jack Cone year. Sam Hartman would have never been here. We wouldn't even be talking about Sam Hartman. We wouldn't even be looking for a transfer QB. Because at at worst, Tyler Buckner would have been more prepared Maybe a different outcome in Ohio State game. Yeah. Definitely a different outcome in the Marshall. Mm-hmm. Cause he would have had about six, seven games under his belt. Marshall should have. Marshall looked like it was his first game. Yeah. Not the not the game that not the bowl game where you got months before. Not not the first game of the season where you got months before. This is the week after. <laughs> it looked like your first time preparing for something like that. Yeah, yeah. So that's exactly why I feel like now we're in a position where we're potentially in a rut because you can't keep this up forever. Can't keep getting a transfer one year to to on a team that's ready to have a franchise guy. The team is what, ready to have a a in book career quarterback yeah, right now.
1: Yeah. We're not a man. team with
2: a bunch of – we're not Tennessee where we got a bunch of guys from all over the, the planet <laughs> for one year to do it. We're not an a, a A&M. Yeah. Everybody in their five stars, but no chemistry. We got a real solid team. Yeah. Yeah. But if we had a pipeline like an Alabama, we would be no. And that's why Kenny she's going to win it all. <laughs> it's like, yo,
1: and I understand, you know, practice is where you make your niche. I understand that. You can earn your stripes in practice. That's cool. Yeah. But practice ain't the game, man. I don't think practice is not the game. No. Every sport I participated in, no. practice is not the game.
2: Far so from practice. it's like, Far it's like from, from practice.
1: There's nothing in practice. Look. It's like you practice
2: very hard.
1: Go ahead. No, I was just about to say, name me the offensive player on Notre Dame's squad last year that didn't fail at some point. Oh, yeah. Like, if we're going to protect young players from failing on the football field, I saw Joe Alt fail. I saw Blake Fisher fail. I saw Patterson fail. I saw both quarterbacks fail. I saw all the like, estimate fumble away games. Everybody failed. But we no. want to protect them. freshmen. No. From failing. Come on, man. That's part of the game.
2: Yeah. Part of the That's game. That's
1: where coaching comes into play. You fail, it's my job to get you ready. It's my job to
2: get you and ready. Get you yeah. over. It. You got Absolutely. Responsibility of getting guys ready. Yeah, there's a time constraint. There's not as much time as it used to be. I get all that. But you got to coach better adjust. Just like you do in the game, you adjust, you got to adjust. And a lot of this goes towards, you know, once that adjustment happens, I think you'll see a change in the culture totally, but it all comes down to wins. If you're not putting wins on the board, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to not putting points on the board, not coming out with wins it only makes it more apparent of why you need number one players. Because the number one player is going to get you back on track. If you got a room full of guys that are a bunch of C plus, B plus, who are you going to get back on track with? <laughs> you see what I'm saying? That's why we have to identify the, the the bona fide studs on the team. Because, you know, when we hit lows, we're throwing it to Michael Mayer till we get back right. Who's going to be the guy we're getting back to even in the running backs because we've had all three of them pop at different times during the season. But when in doubt, who are we giving it out to? That's the question. And it's an opportunity for a lot of guys to be in that role. Notre Dame's usually accustomed to having a guy like that. TJ Jones one year, DeVars one year, Eifert a year, Theo a year, um, Ev a You know, everybody has an opportunity to be that. I mean, Ian was that for a minute. So I think that what people need to understand though also about what practice does, practice and how it relates to the game is literally for moments in the game that you've practiced. So that one play that you've repped 15 times in practice, that is only going to translate into one out of the 80 plays that you take into a game. That's what you practice for. Now that play that you've practiced and is set up right might result in a touchdown, which could be a huge play in the game. That's what practice translates to moments in the game that you need to execute when things are set up right. But why everything else other than that, you want your best players on the field because they're going to figure it out in the game. You're not practicing your script or the 80 plays that you're going to see on game day because a lot of things change when live bullets start coming out. So the only benefit that I see of practice and why I think a lot of practice players can't always translate into the actual game because the actual game is like getting dumped into the wild forest. Now you got a couple tools with you which you sharpened before you got dumped in the forest. Now you have to apply those tools to the forest. That's live action. When you're training, they give you the wood already chopped up and you just build the fire with it. They got the tent set up and you know how to rearrange the tent, you know, put it up, take it down, whatever. They give you the campground, you know. But in the game, when they drop you in that forest, it's the forest. You got to make the tent, clean the campground, build the fire, chop the wood, get the know which berries to eat, know which leaves to use. Mm. Mm. And the leaves may, some may be way over that tree over there. Some may be in front of you. Some may, you got to go find it. Practice is just telling you what berries is good. They ain't tell you where to get them. They ain't tell you when to eat them. They ain't tell you how to eat them. They just said, these are the good ones, these are the bad ones. Practice, this is a good play. This is a play, you know, can't work. If it don't work, here are the options, whatever. We might not call it. So when you get to the game, you need guys that got that instinct, that can put the instinct to the tools. A lot of guys get caught in routine and practice. Oh, okay, I got to do this, take this step, up. but not ready for the live action when maybe they don't do that. So it definitely is a balance that you got to have. That's why it's a difference between football players and players that play football. Just like hooping. Anybody can hoop, but then there's basketball players. <laughs>
1: Actually, it's the reverse.
2: <laughs>
1: Anybody can play basketball. It's only oh, a few, it's only a few hoopers.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's true. Anybody go to the wide yeah. and throw some shots. Yeah. Everybody ain't a hooper. Everybody can't come off a pick no. and roll. Uh, somebody earth. asked me
1: the other day. Somebody asked me the other day about Justin Scott. Is he a basketball player or is he a hooper? I was like, he's a basketball player. <laughs>
2: And that's cool, too.
1: He's a dog on the football field that plays basketball. Plays
2: basketball. He
1: plays basketball. He He's like not he a
2: hooper. A no, no, no. He's not going in there doing 50 jump shots a day. No. You know. <laughs> to, no. He's <laughs> going to he gonna go to practice. He' going to use his athleticism to get a couple buckets, hustle, effort, attitude. <laughs> Man, he got to... A little mid range, but he's not handles with the Julius Randall with the no man come on. no.
1: <laughs> he, he is a lefty though. Yeah. He is a lefty, but he is not Julius Randall by any by, by no stretch of the imagination.
2: No, no way. But if you, but if you went to the wild, I bet you'll pick him up. Heck yeah, yeah. If I, I was playing fives or something. He yeah. might be, be my first pick. Yeah.
1: Control that paint. Give me the outlet pass. I need somebody to throw me the ball. Absolutely. And set screens. (laughs) Absolutely.
4: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?